Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. Her name was Queenus, and I'm not sure she ever knew this, but she held the dubious distinction of being the very first church member that I was ever called to visit as a young and newly minted greenhorn, still wet behind the ears student pastor. And I remember this distinctly, friends, because as I walked into the hospital on that particular autumn afternoon to make this pastoral call, I was suddenly and profoundly aware that I had absolutely no idea at all what I was doing. Now understand, by this time I was in my second year of seminary. Pastoral care was a major part of my course of study, and so at least in theory I'd had some knowledge as to how to go about this. And moreover, it's not like I'd never been in a hospital before or had ever visited someone who was sick. So I knew what to expect. But you see, this was different. Because now, now I was the minister. I was the pastor of Queenus's church, and as such, I was Queenus's pastor, the one specifically called to bring spiritual care and comfort in her time of need. And trust me here, folks, there wasn't anything in all the textbooks I've been reading that came anywhere close to the reality of what was now expected of me. I mean, really, what could I, of all people, actually offer this woman that would have any spiritual meaning to her as she was lying sick in that hospital bed? And what if I said or did the wrong thing, and could it make things even worse? Maybe the truth was that I just wasn't cut out for this kind of work, and I should get out before I caused any real damage. I know, that was an awful lot to worry about. But such was my mindset as I knocked on Queenus's hospital door to introduce myself to her as the new pastor. It was difficult and awkward, to say the least. But now, nearly 40 years later, I can report to you that my visit with Queenus went, okay, not great, mind you, but okay. Queenus was very cordial to me, and in a manner befitting her name, she was a bit erudite in her conversational approach to me as her pastor. She was very nice. But even as I stumbled through the words of a prayer, in my heart I knew she had to be thinking, who is this child? Or, and probably more likely, I really did prefer the old minister. As it turned out, over the next six months or so, I would make quite a number of pastoral calls to Queenus. For you see, not only was she very sick, she was also dying. One medical complication after another that was basically leading to her organs shutting down. So I had many occasions to visit with her, and over that time I actually came to know her quite well. For one thing, I found out early on that she had a wicked sense of humor, and that she delighted in telling her pastor a few jokes that were, well, shall we say, questionable at best. I also discovered Queenus kind of enjoyed having the attention of a young man in her life, albeit one who was her pastor, because she started introducing me to everybody on that hospital ward as her boyfriend. On the other hand, there were several days that as soon as I walked into the room, she angrily demanded I leave. 
And she made sure I knew that she had more than enough religion in her life, thank you very much, and why don't you just stay away? Queenus could be very difficult at times, if not downright exasperating, and though I did understand why, I still wondered if I was doing wrong to not be able to bring God's healing love to her in such a horrible time as this. And then one evening, I came to visit her again. But this time, she said very little, except to quietly ask if I might read from the Bible that was sitting on her nightstand. And so for the next couple of hours, beginning with the 23rd Psalm, which she asked me to read again and again, I sat with Queenus in her dimly lit hospital room reading the Bible and holding her hand as we prayed the Lord's Prayer together. And when it finally came time for me to leave, she took my hand and said simply, I'm very glad that you're here, Pastor. Thank you. That was the last time I spoke with Queenus. She passed away a couple of days later. What I'll always remember about that night is when I finally realized that something good, something healing, and something holy spiritual had indeed come from our visits. But it wasn't so much from what I'd said or done, or how I said it or did it. Ultimately, you see, God had been at work at Queenus's heart in those last few weeks of her life. And the best I could do is to do the work of hope and caring on God's behalf. And after all, isn't that what ministry is all about? There's a passage in Matthew's Gospel, the ninth chapter to be exact, that tells of how Jesus went about all the cities and villages and how he saw the crowds of people and had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So many people, so many needs, and so much work to be done to proclaim the coming of God's kingdom. It's no wonder that Jesus then turned to his disciples and says, as translated in the message, what a huge harvest, and how few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. How interesting and how very fitting it is that the answer to that prayer of Jesus ends up being the disciples themselves. I mean, think about this. This rather motley assortment of fishermen, tax collectors, and thieves, that's right, even Judas, the one who betrayed him, they would not have seemed to be apt choices in terms of preaching or teaching skills, to say nothing of their ability to heal the sick or the lack of those skills thereof. But they're the ones who end up as the ones to essentially continue and extend Jesus' work. Go to the lost, confused people right here in the neighborhood, he says to them. You go and tell them that the kingdom is here. That's not a bad thing for you and I to remember as Latter-day Disciples of Jesus Christ. Because make no mistake, as Christians and as the church, you and I have a whole lot of work to do. It does seem to me that we are currently in the midst of a time and culture that needs the clear, unalloyed, and unapologetic message of our Christian faith more than perhaps ever before in our history. Moreover, there's a desperate cry amongst God's people for true sanctuary, that is, for the safety and shelter of a community that is girded on love and built upon care and true hospitality. But perhaps most of all, 
who are crying out for a loving hand to hold in and through everything that life doles out in such awful abundance. We have children, friends, who are growing up in a culture of darkness and who are fearful of the world that they'll soon inherit, who can't begin to understand that perfect love casts out all fear because they've not had the opportunity to experience that love for themselves. There are so many people who have always felt on the outside looking in, people who simply need to be invited into the circle of love so that their perspective can change. So many who hunger and thirst for something more than what this world can ever provide, something deeper, something healing, something wholly spiritual, something that only we can offer as Christians and as the Church of Jesus Christ. That's the work that you and I are called to do. Now, sometimes this work can seem overwhelming, and we're tempted at times to think it too involved, too time-consuming, too expensive for us to continue. After all, we reason, I'm only one person. There's only so many resources, and, and there's so much to do. What if we can't do it? What if we run out of those resources? What if we run out of whatever it is inside of us that keeps us going? What will happen then? Well, friends, in the midst of such doubts comes the voice of Jesus, and he's reminding us. All you really need to do, he says, is answer my call, come to me, and to get to work. I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> and after all, as I said before, isn't that what ministry is all about, yours and mine? May each one of us give our thought and prayer to that, friends. And let's get to work, because there's a lot of work to do. And that brings us to the close of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, May God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.